the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. Those of you who are watching live, oh boy, you've got a chance to get yourself Paramount Plus 30-day free trial We'll set the limit a little bit, but go ahead and get a head start and smash that like so that we can give these Paramount Plus 30-day free trials away. You have come, uh, of course, because it is Bonanza. Today, we will be running through Thursday night's game, the Armed Forces Bowl, Baylor Air Force, the Independence Bowl, and the Gasparilla Bowl on Friday. Saturday night's Christmas Eve affair, the Hawaii Bowl between San Diego State and Middle Tennessee, and Tacking on uh, the Quick Lane Bowl, which, of course, is Monday afternoon between Bowling Green and New Mexico State. Uh, what stands out to us, our best bets, uh, what we are uh, looking into for this next slate of bowl action. <clears throat> but we begin, If by the way, for those of you who tuned in for our National Signing Day show on Wednesday night, thank you very much. And if you haven't, after this, go ahead and go check that out. Bud Elliott, uh, Andrew Ivins, uh, Danny Cannell got you set with all the things that you needed to know. And one of the big storylines around National Signing Day was going to be where Travis Hunter is going to transfer to. Because, Tom, there was some some Georgia buzz, some, some real Georgia buzz. Mm-hmm. And Travis Hunter comes out and Travis Hunter says, when my YouTube channel, was it YouTube or Instagram? YouTube, I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes, YouTube. When my YouTube channel gets to 100,000 subscribers, I'll tell you where I'm going to transfer to. And Tom, I could only wish that we had that kind of bait to drive our subscribers here on the Cover 3 YouTube channel because you've got a lot of programs that are very, very interested in seeing what is one of the best two-way players in all of college football, seeing where he's going to go and continue his college career. I guess that the limit was hit because late on Wednesday night, the announcement is made. Travis Hunter will be going to Colorado along with 
his teammate from Jackson State, Shadur Sanders, along with Deion Sanders, his head coach from Jackson State. Uh, we actually opened Monday's show with this discussion, and you were very um, you were very confident, you know, at least in your prediction and your thoughts that Travis Hunter would wind up at Colorado. Now that the news is finalized, how does that sort of um, impact the way that you're looking at Dion, the buffs, and the way that the 2023 picture is coming together? I will not share my opinions on any of this until we get to 100,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So I'm just going to sit here and wait. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> are we there yet? Yeah. No, yeah I, I will say, I do think it was somewhat suspicious that there were Georgia smoke. Out of nowhere, I'll announce my decision when I get to 100,000. I wonder if somebody was maybe floating that out there to try to drive up. I don't know. I mean, um, if, listen, just judging by what we have seen in terms of analytics, if you want to activate a fan base and drive numbers, mm -hmm. throwing some candy out there for the Georgia Bulldogs, for the Ohio State Buckeyes, for the Alabama Crimson Tide, these are all very profitable measures. So honestly, savvy move by you, Travis Hunter. Also, Jordan, live. I'm giving you live work to do right now. Go find out how many people are still subscribing to the channel because I'm just interested to see. Oh, um, anybody dumped it after yeah, as soon as they got the announcement? Because, like, no offense, but I understand subscribing to Travis Hunter's channel to see his announcement if you're interested. But after he's made the announcement, how many of those people do you think are going to be like, I can't wait to see what kind of content he puts out? But uh, as for the decision, yeah, it's not a surprise. Like, it was. Shadur Sanders transferring to Colorado, not a surprise. You feel like this has been, uh, you say it's been in the works. People start throwing the word tampering around, which is stupid in this state, in this case, but you feel like it's been in the works for a while. Like when Dion and Travis Hunter came to Jackson state, I'm sure part of the sell was if I move on, you can come with me or you could stay here, do whatever you want. And Jordan says it's still at 113 K by the way. So shout mm. out. We got, we got Travis Hunter's got a loyal fan base. A lot of Colorado Buffalo fans that are going to be watching that video, those videos he puts out. Um, I think if you're Colorado, it's really hard not to be excited by the last couple of weeks. Honestly, like if, starting with the Dion hire and then getting the recruits that you've gotten since you've got it probably, I don't know the actual number, but I'm guessing it's the best recruiting class Colorado has had in a very long time. And I think that, you know, how, if you're a Buffalo's fan, how are you not excited by what you're seeing so far? You've got very talented players, players who are more talented than any you've had really in recent years coming. You've got, you know, Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the nation last year, who is not just, a good player but he's an exciting player who plays two ways so he gives you like kind of a i don't know like a like a selling point just something interesting and fun to watch for the team because even if they're not like you said you think colorado's be going going to be going to a bowl next year you feel mm -hmm. like at a minimum they're getting to six wins and i'm probably there with you but six and six seven and five is still somewhat mediocre -ish, even if it's an improvement but at least having a guy like hunter on your team is just an excitement level so even in the games you're losing because you're not you're not oregon which by the way i'm decommitting from the cover three podcast and committing to oregon just like everybody else and then but you got you got oregon you've got washington you've got usc you've got a lot of really good programs that colorado is going to need a lot more than one class to catch up to so you've got a certain limit on what you can do right away but just right now there's a lot of things to be excited about and a lot of reasons to be looking forward to the next year's football team, which, because even when they were good in 2020, it's not like Colorado fans were expecting that. 
Mm-hmm. That kind of came out of nowhere, the COVID year, crazy. So when was the last time a Colorado fan went into the offseason excited about what was coming on to the next year? Like thinking of, oh my God, what might we be able what might be what might we be able to do next season? I would say that even the Pac-12 South title that Mike McIntyre got, maybe there was some buzz just because you knew you were returning so many starters mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. But then after that Pac-12 South title, you're not super excited because you knew everybody was just going out the door. Yeah, Yeah. You were doing an entire roster overhaul, and then we had scandal within the program. Then we had to move on from Mike McIntyre. And so, yeah, to your point, um, in the 2021 cycle, that Colorado recruiting class ranked number 65. In the 2022 cycle, that recruiting class ranked number 58 in the country. Currently, with only six signed letters of intent, you're number 29 in the country. Now, in, in across the entire Pac-12, that is not anywhere near the top, where, as you mentioned, the Oregon Ducks have <clears throat> been one of the massive stories of National Signing Day. And as we're here talking live, by the way, some, some buzz here that uh, five-star defensive back Peyton Bowen, who flipped from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame to mm-hmm. Oregon, might be flipping from Oregon to Oklahoma at the end of the day on Wednesday. Uh, Oregon had not been able to confirm that they had received his papers. And uh, Rivals uh, Rivals is reporting, as, as I'm looking at our, our workroom right now uh, for the college football at cbsports.com, there's, there's a keep an eye on this kid. So, uh, listen, whether... Yeah. <laughs> Everybody should keep an eye on him because he keeps moving. <laughs> yeah, like, so well, either way, Oregon, uh, a massive winner on the, on the national scale. Travis Hunter going to Colorado. And, like, some of the... Uh, Colorado was able to get, in my eyes, some of these, you know, high three-star guys that were committed to other Pac-12 schools, were committed elsewhere, and be able to flip them. And so it's a, a quality play for Deion Sanders. And, yes, Travis Hunter... Not going to Colorado would have been a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Travis Hunter going to Colorado continues to build some of that momentum. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Buffs, you know, continue to improve on that recruiting class and be in the mix for some of the top available prospects as we look ahead to the second signing day ahead in February. What do you think the odds are that Colorado gets like that Sunday night game? Or the Labor Day game on the opening weekend. Like, who are they Hi. playing in week one? Like, I'm, I have a feeling that that's going to get, yeah. Isn't it TCU? Yeah, that game's got to be on like the Sunday night. They're going to give Dion the prime time kind of. Oh, especially solo. after TCU, college football playoff, mm-hmm. uh, Sonny Dykes, coach of the year. I mean, this TCU against Colorado, it, absolutely. And maybe, I mean, we'll see, but that might even be a situation where, um, Fox might have that Sunday slot. I don't know. Because there's not there's not any NFL then. And so if you're able to take over that Sunday night with Prime's debut at TCU, oh man, that's I mean, we'll live blog it. <laughs> we might do an instant reaction podcast. <laughs> I you you joke. <laughs> like we might to one game just because it's going to demand so much attention. Okay. So Travis Hunter, uh, one of the, obviously one of the most significant stories. He was the top ranked player in the transfer portal. We also have had some other portal movements since the last time we really sat down to broke, to break this down. And I, I wanted to sort of pair these off, mostly looking at the quarterbacks in the sec East. 
Devin Leary, former NC State quarterback, who is the top-rated quarterback in the transfer portal, commits to Kentucky. Graham Mertz commits to Florida. Do you think they're both starting for their respective programs in 2023? I think Devin Leary is. I think Devin Leary is, too. I mean, I don't think Devin Leary's tra- – I, I think Devin Leary was desired enough on the market where he wasn't going to be transferring to a place where he didn't feel pretty comfortable with the notion that he would be the starting quarterback. Now, of course, he will have to earn it. Right. As everybody must. But I think he feels pretty safe there. Um, I don't know if Graham Mertz will be Florida's starting quarterback. I don't either. I I thought um, you know, there's there's a lot that's going on with this quarterback carousel in terms of the dominoes that are falling with the quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Here's what stands out to me about Devin Leary to Kentucky. It has not been confirmed or finalized, but the buzz is there, and it has been reported from the NFL side and the college side that Liam Cohen is coming back to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Liam yeah. Cohen, who was with the Rams for a while, in, in one season, it, this is Kentucky. Now here's the chart. Kentucky's number 13 or 14 in most offensive categories in 2020. Uh, 2020. In 2022, Kentucky is number 13 or 14 in most offensive categories. And then in 2021, there's this spike. And it just happens to fall in line with Liam Cohen's arrival. And a lot of the buzz around Will Levis coming into this season was thanks to an offense that was guided by Liam Cohen. He goes back. He's the offensive coordinator with the Rams. Reports indicating he might be coming back. To me, that is why uh, a Kentucky fan should be excited. Because Devin Leary, in the only season when he has been able to start every single game, had 35 touchdowns to five interceptions with 3,400 passing yards. And the group of wide receivers and skill position players that NC State has had are very good. You might see Zonovan Knight, a.k.a. Bam Knight, is playing with the Jets right now. But for the most part, it's not like he had elite uh, skill position players around him. That is a quarterback that is able to uh, look at a defense, see where the ball needs to go, and most importantly, take care of the ball, make good decisions. Again, only one season in his college career has he been able to start every single game. He had 35 touchdowns, the five interceptions, 3,400 passing yards. I mean, he he's not as toolsy as Will Levis. He doesn't have like all the physical attributes of Will Levis. He's a better quarterback, of, though. Yeah, in terms of what we've seen, I think he's a better quarterback. So you're upgrading your offensive coordinator. You're upgrading your quarterback. I think that if you're Kentucky, you've got to be excited about Leary's arrival. You do, but I think the key thing you've said is in the one season he was able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He's had problems staying healthy. I don't think I don't know what the case is for sure, but I don't think he's going to be available to practice with the team in the spring. I don't think he's going to be able to really get with them until the summer, which I think probably limited his choices to a certain extent at some schools who were maybe interested but probably wanted him there in the spring. Um, I do. I agree with you. I think we'll have as far and away as far as a prospect – you know, the arm strength, the mobility, all that kind of stuff. He's far and away better prospect than Leary. But I think that when it comes to playing football, we have seen Leary, when he is healthy and on the field, he is a better actual game-playing quarterback to this point. That's not to say that Levis can't get there one day once he goes to the NFL. I mean, we saw Josh Allen at Wyoming. Compared to that to what we've seen in Buffalo, guys can get better. So as for Kentucky next year, yeah, you should be excited because you were able to, you know, you're more excited probably about the OC than the QB though, because the OC has proven it for you. The QB hasn't yet, but you're excited that you've got somebody who has the track record coming in to go with the OC. You're expecting to come back and Liam Cohen. 
And you've got reason to think that next year's offense is going to be a lot better than this year's was. But I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. If that offensive line isn't better next year, it ain't going to mean a damn thing because you still have to go against SEC defensive fronts. And that offensive line this year was not equipped to handle most of the defensive fronts I saw during the season, which is what killed it. So that's something I think I need a Kentucky fan. I've got some experience with some young guys this season. Hopefully they're improved. I'm also maybe, you know, in the portal looking for some upgrades. And offensive line is not a place where there's a lot of available options in the portal. No. So it's not cheap. Yeah, they need to uh, they need to dip in there. Okay, so you know, I, I mentioned the Graham Mertz to Florida because they're both in the SEC East, but I'm with you. The Graham Mertz does not to me look like a quarterback that is going to greatly change the outlook for the Gators offense in the same way that Devin Leary does. Graham Mertz, to me, is like, I guess you're just boosting your quarterback room depth. And I don't know if Billy Napier is planning to go back into the portal or if uh, he's he's really excited about what Jack Miller could be. I, I can tell you that I was not encouraged by um, the uh, the bowl game performance. But, man, like for, for Florida's offense next year, it sure seems like there's a lot of pressure on a group that is not inspiring a lot of confidence to be able to overcome those expect exceed those expectations. Otherwise this, this, this might be an unhappy, uh, an unhappy group of Gators fans out there. Yeah. I, I get the sense and this isn't, I haven't been told this. This is just from reading tea leaves. I get the sense that Mertz was the third choice at best. Mm-hmm. I think that they were interested in Grace and McCall. There were problems there. I think they were interested in Michael Pratt if Michael Pratt opted to leave Tulane. Michael Pratt announces he's staying at Tulane, and not long after, Graham Mertz is announcing his commitment to the University of Florida. I do not think that is a coincidence. I think that it's kind of like JT Daniels ending up at Rice. JT Daniels was a five-star recruit out of high school, but we've seen enough evidence to know that he's probably not going to live up to that five-star potential. Injuries had a huge part to do with it. Graham Mertz was a very highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Big-time excitement for the Badgers. His very first game during the COVID season, he lit up Illinois, and he has not been good since. In his defense, at Wisconsin the last few years, that offense did not have a lot of weapons on the Mm -hmm. exterior at the receiver position. If he goes to a team in which he can maybe use some of his arm strength to get the ball outside the numbers and push it downfield, get better receivers, maybe he will improve. But from what I have seen from Graham Mertz, I am not super optimistic. I don't think he had all the help in the world, but I don't think he did much to help himself at times. Although I will say this year he was better. Not good enough to make you think he's great, but he was better, which is something you do want to see. But just... There are people in the chat are talking about it. It happened a couple days ago. There was a crystal ball put in for DJU to Hawaii. UCLA is gone. They got Schley. They got Dante Moore. Mm-hmm. We thought he was going there. Thought maybe he might go to Oregon. Bo Nix comes back. That kind of throws it out of whack. Thought we might he might go to Washington. Michael Penix comes back. There goes that idea. Why not Florida for DJU? For DJU? I, unless he's so dead set on heading back to the West Coast and being closer to home. But is Hawaii any closer to home than Florida? 
I mean, is Hawaii closer to South California than Florida? It's probably about the same. So I don't know. I just, if you look at what Billy Napier has been able to do, like with Anthony Richardson, with Levi Lewis at Louisiana, I feel like he could maybe get something out of DJU in that offense. Maybe, you know, like I'm saying with JT Daniels and Graham Mertz, he's probably never going to be the five-star guy we thought he was out of high school but there's still a talented QB in there and a guy who might be good enough and might be better than some of the options you have on your roster. So if I'm Florida, I would kick the tires on that. And if I was DJ, I would probably listen. Two transfer quarterbacks uh, to to come in in the same class would be very, very interesting uh, for Billy Napier going into a season where, <clears throat> man, you got to, Listen, this this is ri- ridiculous to say about the Florida football program, but you got to at least have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Two straight six and seven seasons for the Gators. Um, very, very interesting. So remaining quarter, uh, by the way, uh, Drew Pine to Arizona State, Jeff Simpson, Nebraska, Donovan Smith to Houston. Uh, any of those movements you know, generate any any thoughts or, you know, have you jotted down a note for 2023? Drew Pine is better than Notre Dame fans want to admit. If you look at some of the, like, I think he finished 20th nationally in passing efficiency, which again, isn't great, but it's much better than Notre Dame fans pretend it is. And I understand that, you know, Michael Mayer was a very good player. But my, and as he, this guy, he threw two more often than not, but that's because that was his only option. Notre Dame had no receivers. Mm-hmm. He's going to go to Arizona State. And Kenny Dillingham, we saw what he was able to do with Bo Nix. Now, I don't think Drew Pine is as talented as Bo Nix. But I do think that he's putting together a pretty interesting roster down there. I won't be surprised if Drew Pine does very well for Arizona State next year. Maybe not like, you know, all conference kind of well, but I think that he's going to be a pretty good player for the Sun Devils and Notre Dame fans might have to be like, oh, okay, maybe it was just our offense that sucked. And then uh, on that, Notre Dame, you got to think, is is a player for one of the remaining quarterbacks. Auburn, you got to think, oh, you don't? No, I do. Well, again, this is all speculation. I don't think Notre Dame's quarterback is in the portal yet. I think he's got a bowl game left to play. And he has announced that it will be his last game for this school where he leads the school. He's the all-time leading passer and touchdown passer in school history. And he's already said he will not be back at this school next year. Oh! That's my theory. Like we might be picking that bowl game later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that'd be great. Could be. Could be. Could be. Or, I mean, I think I think that's an option for them. I think they're still in play for Hudson Card. I think that I mean, Notre Dame is there's we're gonna see some movement here, especially now that signing day. I think once Friday hits and the period wraps up and everything's kind of in place, we're gonna start seeing a lot more movement. Yeah, the portal window, by the way, extends until January 18th. So mm-hmm. we have a lot but of time left on that. But there are only so many Power 5 spots left open for the quarterbacks looking for him. Grayson so. McCall, Hudson Card, DJU, Brennan Armstrong, Luke Altmyer among the highest-rated quarterbacks uh, that are still available. <clears throat> well, Tom just teased it right there. Maybe there's a, a bowl game with a quarterback who's not in the portal yet, who could be soon. Does that impact our picks? We will be giving you our best bets and what to watch for 
all the bowl games through the Quick Lane Bowl on the 26th. That is one game here on Thursday night, two on Friday, one on Saturday, and one on Monday. Our best bets for those bowl games. It's Bonanza. Next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Broncos and Rams, you don't even have to bring your own slime. They bring it themselves. I mean, if there was ever a game meant for the Nickelodeon treatment, it is definitely this year's Broncos versus this year's Rams because, man, we need something to make that game interesting. <laughs> I watched it last year. Oh, when yeah. You, I read, yeah. When you score a touchdown and the slime just shoots up out of the corners mm-hmm. of the end zone. The slime cannons, yep. I'm into the slime cannons. So uh, again, those of you who are watching uh, here on youtube.com slash cover three, uh, you got to see the promo for yes, Christmas day uh, Broncos and Rams will be on uh, Nickelodeon uh, in addition to CBS, right? Dual mm-hmm. broadcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, the only way you get to watch it is to go to Nickelodeon. Uh, I would watch the Nickelodeon broadcast of that game. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll put it on. I'll see. I'll see. Last year, I put it on, and uh, and punt was like, um, "This isn't like the football we watch normally." What's up? <laughs> Punt's a traditionalist. Punt's a traditionalist. Punt is not in favor of college football playoff expansion. Punt's a good kid. Good egg. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get get bowl nanza rolling. We begin with Thursday night's game between Baylor and Air Force. It is the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, it is going to be in TCU Stadium awkward i mean i guess like i guess for baylor fans you know how to get there but still you're playing in your rival stadium weather not supposed to be great baylor favored by three and a half over under of 43 and a half uh what what stands out to you about this game how much line movement there's been five and a half down to three and a half right six and a half is where it started six and a half so we've lost the field goal the total opened at 49 and a half it's down to 43 and a half um I, I liked Air Force a lot better before it got down to three and a half. But I will say, I saw the trend this morning. I think it was from Alex Kirshner from Split Zone Duo who brought it up on Twitter. Like, service academies are seven and one against the spread the last few years against, like, Power Five teams. So that's something to keep in mind. And also, I think that for this game in particular, because it was something I was I was talking about all season long when we were still like halfway through the year and I was saying Baylor was not going to get to the Big 12 championship because its defense stunk. Baylor's defense is bad. It's not good at all against the run. Like, it's slightly below average-ish against the pass. Against the run, it is dog doo-doo. That's really not a great place to be against Air Force. Because That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They will happily run the ball on you. But at the same time, like Air Force's pass defense, like it ranks highly, but go through Air Force's schedule and point out all the great passing offenses it has faced. So I think I took the over. I know the weather is going to be kind of iffy for this one, but I think 43 and a half is a little too low because I think Baylor will be able to move the ball through the air. And I think Air Force will be able to move the ball on the ground. I think this could be kind of a 
low-key fun game that nobody's expecting. Um, Thursday, when we're looking at, even when the sun sets, uh, between 5 and 8 p.m., 19 to 21 mile an hour winds. Yeah. I'm on Air Force. I don't care that the line has uh, has moved this much. I think Air Force is going to win the game. I think that the uh, motivation in cold and windy conditions going up against this Air Force quadruple option is... I mean, this is a defense that Dave Aranda fired his mentor. Well, I mean, he only spent one year with them. But, you know, like he fired Ron Roberts on December 1st because this was such a leaky defense, particularly against the run. And now you're going up against Air Force and Baylor. I mean, vibe check coming off National Signing Day, not great. Um, I I lose Austin Novosad. Not that that should have anything to do with uh, your prediction for this game, but... Man, I, I think that Air Force can win this game with the line movement that we've seen so far. Obviously, snap it up now if because it might get all the way to something stupid under three. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you want to jump in and go like alt line on this and just figure that Air Force is going to make them quit, uh, I, I don't hate that either. But I think that it's Air Force money line or Air Force at anything over three is the play where the key matchup advantage is that Air Force will be able to move the ball against Baylor the key question or where this might come crumbling down is can air force get stops against Baylor? Yeah. I think if you're interested in air force, you're right at this point, instead of taking the points, I would just take the money line instead of the three, three and a half. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting there on a, on something painful uh, at the end of it, but yeah, three, three and a half that that's about the end of it for me before I would start looking elsewhere. Again, that is the armed forces bowl kicks off Thursday tonight, seven 30, p.m. Eastern time. Got a pair of games on Friday. It begins Friday afternoon in Shreveport with the Independence Bowl. Houston and Louisiana. Houston favored by seven over under a 57. Dana Holgerson in bowl games is not a profitable proposition. However, to follow that trend requires you to back a Louisiana team that went six and six this year has had a lot of players opt out for the bowl game. And frankly, like especially compared to where we've been at with this Cajuns team, not quite up to par. So will Holgo be again, treating this just like a spring game scrimmage, not covering the spread or is this an opportunity where we at least see uh, Dana Holgerson get the rare against the spread win in the postseason? Something that has not happened very often throughout his head co- coaching tenure. I'm taking the under. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I I'm probably not. I wouldn't bet this game beforehand at all. I this is a live betting game to me. Like I want to see what happens when this one starts to get the vibe check going. But if I'm placing a pregame, I feel like. Louisiana, as you mentioned, is not going to be near full strength in this game. I have absolutely no idea what to expect from it. Houston, Dana, as you said, he tends to approach bowl games more, at least he has, for prep for next season than for this season. So, But I don't know, because this should be Clayton Toon's last game. So maybe we might see a situation where Clayton Toon starts and then leaves the game. Or we might see him play the entire game. We might see them try to run it up because it's his last game and they want to, you know, help maybe get some records or something. I don't know. But 
I I would take Houston to cover if I was betting the spread, but I'm not. I think the under is the smartest thing. But again, this is a live bet game. It's gonna be windy in Shreveport, just <laughs> it's like it's gonna be in Shreveport. It's Dark gonna gray. be windy in Fort Worth. <laughs> Listen, it's gonna be windy everywhere. Was, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if y'all have like I I can't press the drop enough times for the weather that we're going to be dealing with this weekend. I mean, I seen, what was it? Gusts to 50 miles an hour in an NFL game on Saturday. Woo. Preposterous. Um, so I like the under there, but I'm actually going to take Houston. And um, I think that Clayton Toon is going to be able to have himself a day. I think the Clayton Toons last game at Houston ends up playing out in a way where they want to go and and send him out with a banger. Um, and Louisiana's defense, especially with some of the opt-outs, I just I don't think that this is a strong enough unit for me to feel really confident in them getting a whole lot of stops. So if if you are going to live bet this, then that's a hundred percent a move. If you've got a, a pool play situation, I would not recommend Louisiana. I would recommend Houston minus the seven if you've again got that pool play situation under uh, also a very, very good option. Later on Friday, we turn our attention to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa where the Wake Forest Demon Deacons are a two-point favorite against Missouri over under a 58 and a half. Sam Hartman, swan song? Yeah. He has said this will be his last game at Wake Forest, and he's already the school's leading passer for touchdown career-wise. He was at the beginning of the year. He's expanded that lead, but he enters this game just shy of becoming the school's all-time leading passer as far as yardage is concerned. So uh, I think Wake is the only realistic play here because Mizzou is just devastated by opt-outs and transfers like they're they're leading receivers in the portal the three leading the guys who the three most uh, the three leading sackers i guess would be the way to put it are if all opted out of the game to prepare for the draft this is a missouri defense that is going to be very much a skeleton crew its offense is going to be very much skeleton crew which is kind of a shame simply because mizzou is a team that as we got later in the year, kind of started to figure some things out and started looking a lot better. Oh, and no. now it's going to be, I, I just don't know what to expect from it. I think Wake, at the very least, with this being Sam Hartman's swan song, is probably going to win this game. But at the same time, Wake was a team that got off to a great start and finished terribly. Like that Louisville game where they turned the ball over eight times just completely started an avalanche of suck down the stretch. I don't know if they will overcome it. It feels like there's just a weird vibe around that team. So I, I don't know. But I, I think Wake Forest is the only side I would want to be on in this game. It would be terrifying to take the under 58 and a half with Missouri's defense as it is, <clears throat> with Wake Forest potential to light up the scoreboard, and with Wake Forest defense also being quite leaky. But it might be the play. 58 and a half is a lot of points. Mm. Do you see this one being a shootout? I mean, Wake's defense sucks. Missouri's defense is completely missing most of its good players. Yeah, I could see it being a shootout. There's a there's a pirate ship that'll block any wind. 
you know, it's, you know, <laughs> I could see it being a shootout. I, again, I, this is, this is definitely another, most of these games are live betting games, but I think wake is the smartest play of the four. Like Missouri comes out scores and you catch like a wake plus four on the live line. And then you can jump on that. Mm-hmm. That would be an ideal situation. Yes. Is there any number that would get you to fire on Missouri? Pre, like after the first, um, I mean, no, it, it'll depend on how the vibe feels during the game. Yeah. Got to look on the sideline and see what that skeleton crew is looking like. Uh, again, wake in Missouri. That is a six thirty PM Eastern time on Friday, the 23rd. I was on Missouri for a lot of last week when we were having to do some of these bowl plays, including on the cover three takeover on CBS sports HQ. But Digging into the personnel situation now that we've kind of got a better idea of who's actually going to be playing in this game, I cannot endorse a Missouri play. Uh, if Wake Wake is probably the play for your pool play. I would not say Missouri. And then if you want to bet it, I would say under. Um, just because I could I could see I could see just enough stops here uh, for us to not get this into a total shootout, including you're asking Missouri's offense to do something it hasn't really done all season. Which is not, it has not been a high scoring offense at all. Uh, so for me, wake uh, in your pool plays uh, under also if you want to tack on something, a little action on the side. Turn in our attention to Christmas Eve with Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap. I settled down into a comfortable San Diego State under. <laughs> yes. Because what else am I going to do with San Diego State and a whole seven touchdowns on the total? San Diego State favored by seven against Middle Tennessee over under a 49. Middle Tennessee hit a lot of overs this season. They showed at times the ability to be very explosive on offense. But if you are new to this program, well, then you need to know something that longtime listeners and members of the Cover 3 community know. San Diego State's defense and the way it handles business, which includes ball control and field position, make the under a very, very profitable proposition. And we consider the fact that we are going to be in Honolulu, that it's going to be Christmas Eve. And man, I could just see this being another game where San Diego State is more than happy to win it 23 to 17. And if that's the case, I would not be wanting to lay a whole seven points with San Diego State. I'm very excited to root on this under as I close out Christmas Eve. Yeah, this is like if you just look at the matchup, Middle Tennessee's offense is not good. And like it is completely reliant on big plays. If it's not hitting huge plays, it is not doing anything. Like if you look at the early downs, it is one of the worst offenses in the country and EPA in the early downs. And it's going up against the San Diego State defense that is one of the best early down defenses in the country, which means Middle Tennessee is probably going to be in a lot of third and long situations in this game. And on third and fourth down, Middle Tennessee has not been a very good offense all season long. So I don't know how the Blue Raiders are going to move the ball consistently in this one. They're not, in fact. Maybe they'll hit a big play or two and they'll be able to get points out of it. But unless they score on those big plays, I don't know that they'll be able to finish drives against the San Diego State defense that is very good in the red zone. So I think the under is 100% to play here because San Diego State, on the flip side, offensively, not good itself. And it's not really trying to be. It's trying to win games 13-7. to So take the under. 
Like they are. I mean, I know that, you know, we, we've had a transition in our special teams personnel, but they are punt to win. Mm-hmm. Like, we just want to continue to like tilt the leverage of the field so that you have the longest amount of yards to go. And maybe eventually you'll drop a punt. You know, maybe eventually you'll be so backed up in your own uh, territory that you give us a 40 yard field to try to get down there and then go kick a field goal. The name of the game is all about field position, ball control, and just winning with defense and special teams. Hashtag punt to win. Uh, as Matt mentions in the chat, it is a holly jolly under. It is, it is as comfortable as my Christmas jammies. I'm very <laughs> excited to take this in and close out the 24th. Again, that is an 8 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on Christmas Eve. San Diego State favored by seven over under a 49. <coughs> um, if you do like the under along with us, snap it up now. You don't, I mean, 48 and a half. We got to go got ourselves a key number. Make sure you mm-hmm. go ahead and get that. We will be back. Tom and I will be back with you on Monday uh, to break down a kind of loaded Tuesday, the 27th, and some of the early games on Wednesday, the 28th. But on the 26th, we do have an afternoon kickoff, so we want to go ahead and get our thoughts on that. It is the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. We've got Bowling Green going up against New Mexico State. New Mexico State Bowl eligible. Good work, Jerry Kill. I mean... For real, no jokes here. Jerry no. Kill got New Mexico State six and six in a bowl game. Uh, that is fantastic work for the coach in his first year with that program. Bowling Green favored by three and a half over under a forty eight and a half. What's the play here? You know, Chip, I'm not. I, Bud's got monitors all over the place. I've got spreadsheets, and they're all on this monitor, and I'm looking at them. And it's pretty simple. These stats that I have: Green is good. White is average. Red is bad. Love lo- love making it easy like that. All I see is red. On both sides. For both of these teams. Yes. Red up and down everywhere you look. Oh, wait, no, there's a slightly whitish red, but it's still red. Um, New Mexico State and the points simply because I think New Mexico State is super happy to be here and they are going to take this game very seriously. I don't know how pumped Bowling Green will be for this game, even though it is its first bowl game in a while. But this is definitely a situation where neither team deserves to be favored. So I am just going to take the dog. I hold your nose and take Bowling Green. Oh, oh, disgusting. Hold your nose and take the team that was not profitable in any situation. They were four, six, and one against the spread on the season. They were two, three, and one on the road or in neutral. When they have been favored, which only happened two times all year for Scott Leffler's Falcons. Gotta be a program record for most times favored in a season. They failed to cover the spread in both of those situations. (laughs) Hold your nose and take bowling green. Don't do that. Take New Mexico State. Yuck. Lock fight. Yuck. Fight. Fight. If if the bottom 25 existed for bowl games, this would be the bottom 25 game of the century of the week. (laughs) Because these are two 
regular bottom 25 programs. They are not in it this year. By the way, congratulations to Deion Sanders in Colorado for winning the bottom 25 playoff this season. But these two teams have long been stalwarts. So to see them playing each other in a bowl game does warm my heart a little bit, and I will watch. But yeah, yuck. This game is disgusting. And I'm going to watch every (laughs) bit of it. I mean, for real, though. It is on like like 2.30 on the 26th. You've really made it easy for me to settle in and watch it. Aston Villa will have just finished beating Liverpool, so I'll just be able to flip right over to ESPN to watch this, which will probably be a lower-scoring game than the soccer match that I just finished watching. Over under a 48-and-a-half. Um, I'm not going to make a play on that one because if you know me well, fast tracks are in Ford Field. I've seen what Jared Goff has been able yeah. to do in that building. He can score some tutties uh, in Ford Field right now. But, uh, man, yeah, give it, I'll, I will hold my nose, and I will take Bowling Green. Hashtag return of the Mac. You know what I might do here? I'm going to take New Mexico State. I might take an alternate under of 35 and a half if I could find one. A 35 and a half has got to pay out pretty well. That's what I'm saying. If I could find one that's willing to give it at that point, I might do that. That's, I mean, that's just leaning into this to the sicko. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the sickos committee. I mean, I I hope that we're getting play by play. I hope they've gotten somebody credentialed for this game. <laughs> this is this is going to be some really really special stuff. Again, two thirty p.m. Eastern time on Monday, the twenty sixth, uh, with Bowling Green and New Mexico State. All right, let's check it. Let's check it. Ooh, should we just give out some? Uh, should we should we just give out some codes anyway? Hell yes! Soccer yeah. season starting. They're going to need the thirty day free trials to get back to watching Serie A and the Champions League. Tulsa King in nineteen twenty nine. Come on now. Okay. All right. Ten. We're going to give out ten. I mean, look at us. Just throwing Christmas turkeys of 30-day free trials. Okay, so make sure you are following uh, the Cover 3 podcast on Twitter. Uh, Make sure that you smash that like. Drop your handles in the chat so that we can get in touch with you. We will select 10 lucky winners to get the Paramount Plus free trial. As Tom mentioned, Syria A returning on January 4th. uh, Yeah, January 4th or 6th? Mm -hmm. 6th. Somewhere around. Okay. Uh, first weekend in January, that's when Serie A will be back in action. Paramount Where is Plus. the fourth? I can't remember. I've got my plans, the fourth and the sixth. You know, they get mixed up. Yeah, this is, we'll figure it out. Um, so make sure that you drop your handles in the chat so that you can get your 30-day free trial to Paramount Plus. We will be back with another edition of Old Nanza. By the way, uh, Matt in the chat does say you can get three to one payout on under 35 and a half. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and we'll be breaking down more of the games again. This, this is about to really pick up pace Four games coming on Tuesday, four games coming on Wednesday, uh, trio of games on Thursday. And then we are previewing the college football playoff. It, it always starts with a little bubble and then it is a roaring boil here in bowl season. Uh, So make sure that you are subscribed to the Cover 3 podcast on the audio side, on YouTube as well. Smash the bell for notifications so you know whenever we go live. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fennell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Tom, thank you very much. 
Thank you.